Okay, guys.、Um, welcome to another episode of、uh, Quarantine Diary.、Um, I just finished the book、um, on doing project by Michael Lewis, and、um, I wasn't sure before today, before I finish, if I'm going to do a podcast because、um, I'm reading the book and I really feel like it was just a list of.、Um, The decision series that they've done, you know, Amos and、uh, Danny, Danny Kahneman, and the last part of the book, in my opinion, is actually the best part. The last few chapters, where Michael Lewis、uh, break down exactly how they broke up, how the pair broke up, and exactly、uh, what's the reasoning behind it. And I'm really impressed, first of all, with Michael Lewis' ability to. Research and to portray to probably the the most well known or the most deserving quote unquote geniuses in the field of economics and psychology, and I always have great respect for Danny Kahneman. I read his book,、uh, Thinking Fast and Slow, is one of my favorites, and I quite honestly I don't know that much about Amos or or uh, Amos, uh, Danny's partner in、uh, academics, and the book right on doing project.、Um, Michael Lewis did a very very good job portraying Amos. What is he like? What is his tendency? What kind of a、um, background that he and Danny both share? And I came away with more takeaways. About their breakup compared to everything that I've learned from the book about their decisions, about their findings, I I I don't think those parts are that important. To be honest, I am much more impressed or or getting impacted by the reasoning behind their you know explaining it up and then the reasoning behind. Or the mental aspect of their splitting up, right? So, first of all, I wasn't quite sure before I read this book what does it mean by undoing project, right? So, after reading the book, I kind of have some ideas about what does it mean by un by undoing project. So, little backstory. So, Danny Kahneman and、uh, Amos Tchaikovsky both are from、uh, Israel. And、um, they both collaborated, I think, from 1970 to 1980s at Hebrew University. They would talk every single day. They would collaborate together, and then they would make jokes. But the two people are totally different in terms of their personality, in, in terms of their way of working, and in terms of their way per, of perceiving each other, and、uh, in terms of academics、uh, judgments and. The way that they would、um, combat their critics and the way that they would teach along those lines—they're completely different, right? So they've came in with the joint or similar idea to to work on decision series, meaning how can somebody make a decision? How can somebody? Arrive at a decision. How can we measure the outcome? How can we improve the outcome? How can we make the outcome better? Right now, 
they've worked on different um, projects. You know,、um, some of the most well-known、um, ex- experiment are done by Danny and like、uh, Amos, right? For example, like if you submerge the hand into ice water and then、uh, by variant the end results, right? Let's say Group A have their hand submerged in ice water for one minute and lift out, and then they are asked to describe that feelings. And Group B have their hand submerged in cold water, and then before they're done, they move their hand into warm water. Right, so Group B with their hand in warm water will describe the experience to be less painful. In reality, they both had same amount of time or same amount of pain, quote unquote pain, within the time frame. Right, so they're just funny experiment like 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 that, and then they were just getting steam as they were working together as they were publishing papers when they were in in、uh, Israel. And then what happened was,、um, Danny、uh, met a British woman.、Um, I think the name is Anne, and、um, they are going to move to the U.S. So that kind of kickstarted the kick kickstarted the separation of both people, right? And then the state of undoing project is a project that Danny proposed. The base, the basic idea is this, right? So, let's say we can undo certain decision, or we can undo different outcomes, right? So, for example, how、uh, I think the example in the book saying that let's say a business person, right, who walk to work every day, he takes the same route, and then the other day, he took a different route. Because he just feel like it, and then he was run over on the street by a driver who was drugged and who was, has been drinking. Okay, so how do you undo that event? Well, the way you undo that event is by most people thinking about is trying to eliminate the unusual scenario, right? For example, most people their mind will go to, okay, cool, the businessman should not take the route that he usually didn't take. And this wouldn't happen, but in reality, most people overlook the idea that okay, they might be able to reduce it if the driver is driving sober, right? Or if the driver is not speeding along those lines. So people have the tendencies of overlooking the regular logical stuff, but they have the tendency to、uh, select unusual. Things or unusual decision that deviate from the norm for it to assign the default reasoning behind the accident, right? So, on a larger scale, right? Like we can turn into okay, how do you undo the World, the World War Two, right, or the Kennedy assassination? So, it was the project of making things more simple. If that makes sense, right? And it was a tool for actually making sense of the world of infinite possibilities. What kind of a flaw? What kind of a thing that doesn't really matter? We can strip away from it. We can get to the get to the bottom of the truth or bottom of the barrel. If that makes sense. So the idea is that the more items we are going to undo, 
the more we're able to figure out what might be the alternative reality after we remove the items. But it kind of decreases the our mind ability to undo them. So the more that we increase the consequences like World War II, the more like it makes it harder for us to undo, right? So the bigger the scale, the harder for us to, un to undo. So people tend to just kick in the towel and say, hey, I want to undo the most unusual part, i.e. the person should not take the usual route, right? So this was the probably the very first theory that um, Danny proposed to to like uh, to Amos, but during those times they have already already been separated. Um, Amos stays, I believe, in Canada, and then uh, Danny uh, went to the U.S. And during those times, during the eighties and nineties, um, they've still been communicating, and then their relationships start to crack after they separated. Um, you know, like the biggest takeaway for me about this book, about the relationship is we can sort of see this as a marriage, right? Or an a, or a intellectual marriage. Both sides, they feel like they need each other. Amos was the one that's very fury. Like they, he wants to destroy his critics. You know, in a field of academics, you have to, respond to critics, right? Like a one economics or one philosopher will write an essay about your current theory or your last theory and you have to defend it. And I remember I was taking a couple of philosophy classes when I was in college and I had to really pre-anticipate what might the what might the argument be, what might the critics be, and I need to pre-anticipate that critic in my current paper. Right, so this is a very normal for academics, and Danny is a little bit more reserved. Danny is a little bit more careful. Danny is a little bit more soft-spoken. Danny is a little bit more, um, a little bit more. I want to say less of a troublemaker, if that makes sense. Right, so. After a few years, they actually, uh, so uh, Amos moved to uh, Stanford and then Danny tried to work things out with Amos. He took a job at UCLA and then in the early 90s, he decided to move to uh, move to Princeton because he couldn't take Amos anymore. And what ended up happening, you know, in between 1980s and 1990s is that Amos started getting famous about the the ideas of their project, right? So, so Amos is, is, is being considered as a genius, as the as a provoking thought leader in that regard. And Danny was just a very careful researcher or a very careful uh, e e psychologist or e or uh, economist, right? So, it seems to Danny that Amos was overpowering and that Amos was happy to keep Danny in his shadow. He was happy to get him more recognition, although he might not care for it. As it turns out, he, did, he, he didn't care for it, but he's happy to let Danny be in the background. And Danny, deep down, is not okay with that. Right? So, the way that they will handle situation, the way they will handle those academic critics are 
unique, right? Like Amos wants to destroy the critics of their work. Amos wants to choose the hardest language, trying to insult their, you know, intellectual, trying to, you know, defend their work. And Danny is trying to see, okay, what kind of a good argument that that person might have, and what kind of a language, maybe a little more softer, maybe a little bit more, I don't know, quote unquote, PC. In that regard, that we can be a response to the work that Amos and Danny has done together. So those people, they are, they couldn't be so far apart in terms of their habits, in terms of their personality, but still they need each other, and then they know that they need each other to produce quality work. They know that the work that they have done alone, separated from each other, has nowhere near. Good enough to the work that they will they are doing while talking every day, meeting every day, along those lines. So after they got separated, things starts to to get interesting, right? So Amos wants to solve the problems in economics or decision making in a purely logical way. Right, so logic, as you might know, is a is a very very distinct、um, branch in philosophy and in psychology in economics, and Danny is more interested in、uh, psychology, right? So what ended up happening is that.、Um, Again, Danny feel like he's being overshadowed, and he feel like Amos is okay with it. And Amos is possessing is possessing、uh, Danny's mind, according to like Danny, meaning that because you know Amos is too over the top and is too harsh, and it's kind of like pushing Danny into like a shell, into like a. Uncomfortable spot, if that makes sense. So in that regard, Amos is a bully, and Danny is a appeaser, right? It's like, okay, I want to make you happy, but how I can do that? How I can make sure that I leave room in my argument? How can I make sure that I don't make you look that look that bad, right? So Amos passing is actually interesting as well because. Um, he passed pretty su- pretty suddenly、uh, su- in nineteen ninety six, June second, and、um, he was I I think he had melanoma, right? So very very quick, very very severe disease, and and both people know that you know their times are coming to an end, and it just made me think that this. Can teach us about long distance relationships. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's male and female. Maybe it's you know homosexual. Who like who cares, right? Like when a person are together, then they can talk about different things. Then they can bounce idea. They have the uh the 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 luxury of seeing each other physically. When people are drifting apart, then. Doubts start start settling in because they cannot communicate that much anymore, and I think it's really interesting how Amos is being a A you know, type A player, very very you know smart, very over the top, wants to destroy every single critics of their work. How he can cope and how he feels the need to 
have Danny as a soft-spoken counter-academic partner, right? And their relationship apart lasted for about ten years before Amos died, and then it's really interesting how. Both sides perceive this separation, right? And then from the outside, people are saying, "Okay, cool." Like Amos and Daniel, they are still working together, but deep down, Amos still want to maintain the relationship. But Danny feel like he had enough. He's been putting in so many uncomfortable situation, and he sort of. Wanted to be friends <laughs> with、uh, Amos after they split up, like right before they 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 died.、Uh, Amos died, and then Danny told him that he doesn't even want to be friends anymore. And then before he died, and they're like, "Okay, cool, we、uh, we can be friends again." So this whole Amos and Danny situation made me think that this type of、uh, academic marriage is actually very interesting in the in the sense that. Both parties recognize each other intellectually, right? Both Amos and Danny, I feel like, understand that they are a match on the same level, and they're able to forgive or forego the differences. Well, they're still communicating. Well, they're still quote unquote meeting every day, talking about ideas, talking about paper that they're going to write, and once they they separated. Without that constant communication, the relationship kind of drifts apart a little bit, and just that little bit of a discrepancy in personality can really be detrimental for success in the terms of publishing papers, maintaining a good relationship, you know, in different locations, along those lines. And I really think Michael Lewis did a good job with his book, and I recommend this to everyone that are interested. I was gonna recommend this to people that are interested in decision theory and you know behavioral economics, but in reality, I recommend this book to 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 everyone that to to everyone because we're most likely gonna gonna be in a relationship within marriage or boyfriend girlfriend or coworkers. And it's a very, very interesting story and a very, very interesting、uh, storyline about the two legends in the economics. Well, like they basically started the field of behavioral economics or decision theory in that regard, and it's it's really dramatic and it's really impressive how those people that are nothing alike can work together. "Quote unquote," together in person for ten years and not in person for ten years, how they're able to demonstrate the ability of their friendship and how one commonality, their intellectual ability, their love for decision making, can produce such amazing body of work in the end. And I truly believe that if Amos Tversky was alive. Uh, he will probably get a Nobel Prize too, alongside with Danny Kahneman. Danny Kahneman got a prize. I I don't remember in two thousand and five, two thousand and six. But the book that he wrote afterwards, Thinking Fast and Slow, is more psychology based. I I don't remember Danny、uh, brought up Amos at all. And then I think Danny right now, I'm not sure. I listen to his podcast once in a while when he's on a couple podcasts.、Um, 
I think he refrained from talking about Amos anymore, and he wanted to f-、uh, focus on his own research in in the psychology field. With a decision theory went into it, and I just think that this love-hate relationship at the very end is really interesting, and people can benefit from seeing human tendencies and how that will play out in the long-term relationship and in the long-distance relationship as well. So hopefully,、um, if you're a Michael Lewis fan, and this is probably the best work that he's ever written. I've never read anything else. I think I read a little bit on the Big Short, but I don't think I finished it. It wasn't that, it wasn't that good. But this book, I believe, is the finest work of Michael Lewis, and I highly recommend it. The Undoing Project. All right, guys,、uh, stay safe out there, and I'll talk to you on the next one. Bye.